Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I am your host, Rachel Myers. And I am your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. And Happy New Year. It is the first episode of 2020. 2020. And we're thrilled that you're here. Thank you for coming back. We missed you guys. We're excited to be um, going through a book of the Bible with you on the podcast for the first time. We have been going through morning and dancing. We've talked about Advent, but this is this is our sweet spot. This is what we do best. We read through books of the Bible, and this is week one of Genesis. I'm so excited. Also, we have so many new listeners, so welcome to welcome. you guys. We're if so this glad is, you're here. If this is your first episode, that's totally okay. This is a great place to start. All right, great. So, Rachel, I need to know six things that we're going to talk about in this All episode. All right, six things. Let's. It's going to be like a word search. Okay. All right. I'm ready. So guys, listen, and you're going to try and find these words in today's episode. We have New Year's resolutions. Perfect. Easy. Appropriate. Etch-a-sketch. Okay. Uh, Netflix. Great. Cheerios. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we got we got sin. I mean, we do. We do. Unfortunately, that's true. Um, and the catechism. Okay. I feel great about this. So if that's what you were looking for in the Sherry's Truth podcast, then you are in luck today. Let's get right to it. All right. It's New Year's. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's like a week into New Year's right now. Did you hear that male voice? That can only mean one thing. It can only mean one thing. John Greco, ladies and gentlemen. He's back. The least special of special guests. Our special-ish guest, John Greco. Hi, guys. It's the New Year. How do we... I need to know because I don't really, I kind of know this about Rachel. I don't think I know where you stand, John. How do you feel about New Year's, like beginning, fresh start, turn of the calendar? It always leaves me disappointed, I'll be honest, because I look forward to it and I have these great intentions of being like, New Year, I'm going to do this new thing or I'm going to, not necessarily like hardcore resolutions, like I don't, I don't really write them down or tell people like, this is what I'm doing for the new year. But like, I always sort of feel like, okay, like it's a, it's a new opportunity to do something and I, and I always feel like things should be different and then I'm always disappointed when my problems from the previous year follow me into the new year. How dare they? So, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> generally, like, they? I'm a Yankee. I'm from up north. So I like the cold weather. I like, yeah. you know, I don't, my, people, you know, say, oh, January's too cold. And I'm kind of like, no, it's nice. It's brisk. I love, you know. So um, It's not cold. It's brisk. Yeah. And like, you know, living in Tennessee, it's always that like, will it snow? It could, maybe. And I look forward to Once or twice. Know, once you or just twice. never know. And so January's kind of that month. But yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. I kind of sometimes feel pre-disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like... Oh, this is going to be great, but actually I'm probably going to mess it up. Anyway, it's fine, but I'm more hopeful, I think, this year because I'm really glad the last year is gone, is over. There's there's often <laughs> a sort of a... Ready for a fresh start. Sometimes there's a, like a good riddance to the year that has sure. come before. Right. Like Not always. Like, that was great. Let's not do that again. And I think that like if you thought a little bit deeper on that, there would be a lot of like, and I'm thankful for all the ways that yeah. have grown and all of those oh, things. 100%. But also there's the like, oh, I just need to like, really need a fresh start. Yeah. Yeah. I have fewer feelings about a new year. I have a lot of feelings about New Year's Eve. I think oh. that... Um, I just like as an event, as a holiday, Good it's feelings? a no, like it's oh. a stressful holiday because I don't think that I know how to execute it properly. Like no matter what I'm doing, I think I'm probably doing it wrong or I should be <laughs> celebrating it differently. Like when right. we go out, I miss being with the kids. When we're home with the kids, we miss being out. like, I don't know how to do New Year's Eve and like feel satisfied about my execution of the holiday. I mean, my sole issue with New Year's Eve is that it requires me to stay up later than I want to. Yeah. I'm just tired. That's real. I need need to sleep, you guys. We went to a New Year's Eve party a couple years back at Drew and Ellie's house. Yes. And I want you to know that Ryan and I went and we were like, okay, there's too many cool people in this room. And we (laughs) ended up sitting on the sofa, hanging out all night with Drew's parents. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) With Hamp. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. Um, Grampton and and, uh, Grancy, I think they call them. They're wonderful. But like that was the level of cool that we could achieve that year was like we could go to the cool party and we could hang out with the parents. (laughs) That's perfect. That's still pretty cool. Yeah. And then, you know, like the clock struck 12.05 and we were like, well, thanks for having us. Happy New Year and goodbye. <laughs> you guys are so cool. Like, congratulations. Please keep listening to our podcast. I promise <laughs> that we're not super lame all the time. Uh, and then last year, we just, like, stayed home with the kids, and it was great. I have also, like, issues with New Year's resolutions and even, like, 
this is my word for the year and that kind of thing because and this is all personal like it's not even like an outward judgment because you know a lot of us have words for the year and I celebrate that like I genuinely like I don't even say that sarcastically like I think that's I think that's really a useful tool yeah I struggle inwardly with setting goals like I really do because I'm always afraid that I'm not gonna do a good job and so Mm -hmm. I just would rather not set a goal to begin with it's probably I don't like it's just a personality thing like but I I would prefer to set a resolution on April 23rd than I would on January 1st. That's my mom's birthday. That's a great day. Wow. Just, Man, just pick that right out of the air. Sure. So do you feel, I feel um, New Year's resolution shame though. There's if pressure. I don't, if oh. I, or like if I don't do the word or I don't oh. get the new yep. planner or I don't set just really admirable resolutions. I'm like, but I should. Yeah. Because this is my chance. And I really want to. But I have like fear of pre-failure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that like I'm not, I'm going to set this really lofty goal. And and I really do. Like I really do like fresh starts and that I want and desire new habits. Mm-hmm. Most of my, if I do make a resolution, I never really call it that because it feels really like direct. Yeah. I like it, it's more of like I have I have some good intentions for this right. new year. It sounds like we're not very intentional people, but the thing is, I'll <laughs> set a resolution. I'm just not going to talk about it. Like I would rather right. like That's it. That's it. Make it's, a promise to no one but myself. Or just like here are some things I'd like to do differently this year. And usually for me, it is about like what I want my day to look like. Yeah. Mm. You know, like this is going to be the year when I'm finally a morning person and I'm like this is my ideal up work at week. five and yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like that's something one day that'll just kick in mm-hmm. it's so far. It's not happening, but for me, a lot of it is just like, I'm going to be a better time manager yeah. this year or, you know, eat a little healthier, things like that. And it's natural to think about, you know, new resolutions and like making ourselves new at the new year, which like transition alert, we're reading Genesis at She Reads Truth right now. Like we're starting today. We're reading the book of Genesis back to the beginning. And I think that there's, we're doing that not because it's New Year's, but because we want to cover that book. And this is like a really nice time of year to do that. But also it feels really relevant to think about going back to the beginning and kind of asking ourselves, why do we like New Year's resolutions? Why do we do them? Why do we do them? Why do we feel like we need to do them? Why do we want to make ourselves new? And then like kind of dig deeper and go like, well, what were we made for? If we're trying to make ourselves better, then what is better? What is the ideal? Well, and who defines that? So like, John, if you're like this year, I want to X, like, what is it that you're trying to attain? Is it just like... Uh, yeah, I want to be a more disciplined person. Okay. It, like who, like what you just said, Rachel, who defines better? Mm-hmm. I want to be better or I want this year to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like one of the things, and this is going to sound like a shameless plug for what we do. It really isn't. I just happen to really, it really resonates with me. You know, we talk about being men and women in the word of God every day, which is different than saying, I'm going to read through the Bible every single word of the Bible in one year or in three years or in any defined period, because, you know, that's one of those goals, which is fine and great. And and I've done that. And I know other people who have done that in the past. And it's a very popular resolution. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with it. But, but what it does is it, it, it almost like you were saying, it almost sets you up for like, what if, what if I miss? But what like, if I what don't? If I, yeah. What if I don't? Or like, you know, if you miss one day, it's easy to, it can be easy to catch up. But like, what if I miss a week? Or like, or, what if a, a life thing yeah. happens mm-hmm. and you just are like, man, I can't. This is, it's too much. Right. Or, and then you're like, well, then what do I do? Do I keep going? Do I go back and try to catch up? Like, how do I do this? And honestly, what it does too is I think saying something like, hey, I'm going to be a man in the word of God every day is for me is the difference between saying like, hey, I have made this decision that I'm going to set aside a little bit of time every day that I get to be in God's word, as opposed Mm -hmm. to I have this task that I have to complete. I have to get through the Bible in a year. And again, nothing wrong with that, but it just—it's well, yeah, it's, not it's to a say way that of, discipline is bad, right. and, and and it takes discipline to be yeah. you know a man or woman in the Word of God every day. It just does, but it's that like it's the difference of every day is a new day. So every day I can I can try if I, yeah. if I've messed up, I can get back on that horse. I can right. keep going. January first aside, right? And there's and really January first is somewhat arbitrary, right? I mean, like we just we're yeah. just talking about like. Whatever happened in the, in the previous year kind of follows you into the new year. It is, you know, our calendars just happen to reset on January 1st, but 
you know, there are other calendars where they don't, right? I mean, other parts of the world, other cultures and history that, that mm-hmm. January 1st means nothing. Yeah. So it's, it is a good place for us as a society to kind of stop and, and take measure and say like, hey, this is a point where I can decide I want certain things to be different. And like you were asking before, like, why do we have that desire? What is in mm-hmm. us that says, I want to be you know, I want to be thinner, or I want to be more well-read, or whatever the resolution is, what is it that drives that? Yeah, and I think it depends. Like, you know, a lot of that is societal, like things that, you know, we think what we think we're supposed to be like. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to resolve things because Instagram tells me I should. Yeah, Like, that's, I mean, speaking of arbitrary, that feels right. arbitrary. Very arbitrary. Yeah. yeah, and so... But if you um, go to, like, you know... It's nerdy to say, but like if you go to like, okay, what is the chief end of man? Like what is, you know, like go to the catechism. Why am I here? Why am I here? Like what is the purpose of my life? It's to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yeah, That's the like Westminster catechism answer to that question. And so if that is our chief end, if that is our actual goal or our resolution, then what does that look like? And if we're resolving for that, then how does that affect like... Right. And it does play into so many areas of our life. It plays into like the way we care for our bodies and the the way that we eat, the way that we spend our time, spend our time, plan our days, yeah, and the way that we seek the Lord. But it kind of goes to my suspicion that like when there's something, or something that we do, there's sort of a kernel of goodness to it. Like there, it's it's a great idea to say like I want to be healthier, right? Mm-hmm. Or I want to read the Bible every day, or I want to take a class, or whatever it is that is our resolution. There's a kernel of that that's like really good. We're trying to improve ourselves, but we so easily twist what is truly good into something that is less good, temporary. right? Or temporary or can be downright wicked if we go to an extreme. Yeah. Right? And I think in this case, what you just said, Rachel, about, you know, from the Westminster Catechism, the, the chief end of man, right, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. I think that is at the heart of all of our resolutions, right? We're trying yeah. to get back to, what does that look like? And instead of looking to God and his word to say, hey, this is what that looks like Mm -hmm. to live in shalom with our maker, to be at peace with the one who made us and to live according to his design, we look to other things. And it could be Instagram or it could be just our peers or whatever it is in our mind that is the, how we define goodness, right? Goodness, truth, and beauty. And that could be success Living our best or money. Life. What yeah. does that look like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think like that's really helpful just to kind of frame it that way and go, it's not that everything that you know could be a resolution is inherently bad. No. I mean, a lot of it's biblical, right. like to be healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. your body is a temple mm-hmm. and you're to serve. And yeah, but it's like, what is our motivation right. and what is our end? Right. As believers, it's probably very different or maybe ought to be. I hate to use the word should. But sometimes it's important to use that word. Uh, But as believers, I think that our goals should be different than what the world's goals might be and for them to actually look different. Mm -hmm. And and so if we're going like, well, we want to, if this is what we were built for, to walk with God, like we go to creation, talk about Genesis, talk about Genesis 1, we were created to live in the garden and for God to walk with us in the cool of the evening. That's the design. And so how do we get to that? How do we walk in communion with the Lord? How do we glorify God and enjoy Him forever? Yeah. And so I'm excited to be in the book that we're in this week, this month, yeah. the beginning of the year, because if when we look at scripture, you know, for us at She and He Reads Truth, like everything comes back to God's word because it is the thing that does not pass away, right? And yeah. it is the source of, of truth. God is the source of truth. And so his word is paramount to us, right? So, so if we want to know well, what is life supposed to look like? And what is our standard? What is our goal? There's no better place to, and the first place we get a glimpse of that is right at the beginning of Genesis. That's right. And, you know, how God created the world, what he created it to be like, and when he, you know, created man and woman and what he designed us to do yeah. and to go back there and see, and then like what happened? Yeah. So if you are new, if you are a new listener, and we've got a lot of new listeners since we released this podcast back in November, so welcome, first of all. But second, you may not be as familiar with She Reads Truth and He Reads Truth. And so what we are, we're a community who are women and men in the Word of God every day. And 
Today, we're reading Genesis 1. We're starting a five-week-long reading plan in the book of Genesis, which feels so appropriate for January. And so what you may know as a new listener to the podcast or may not know is that we have an app and a book and all sorts of things that you can do to participate with the community daily, even though these podcasts only come out weekly. And so as we start a new book, you know, even inside the printed books that many of you have probably on your laps right now, I like to think, we start before we get to reading day one, we do an introduction. We do something called She Reads Genesis in this case, and we talk about, you know, the context of the book of Genesis. And so as our listeners are preparing for a week of reading in Genesis, let's set them up for a win. What can we tell them, Amanda or John, about the book of Genesis? Well, it is indeed the first book of the Bible. Part of the Pentateuch, so part of the first five books of the Bible written, we believe, we have good reason to believe it was written by Moses. Yeah. And it is... Or recorded um, by Moses. It Mm -hmm. is a book of beginnings. I mean, Mm -hmm. so much of the start is Mm -hmm. recorded right here in Genesis. And so in that way, it is really foundational for everything else that we read in Scripture, because we believe that... All of Scripture tells one story, the story Mm -hmm. of of redemption, right, Mm -hmm. and points to God and points to Jesus. And so Genesis is the beginning of that story. It's not just the beginning of the earth or the beginning of humanity, but it's also the beginning of marriage. It's the beginning of sin. It's the beginning of nations. Like through the book of Genesis, you see even the beginning of our need for a savior and like the Abrahamic covenant. So much of what is going to happen in the other 65 books of the Bible is set up here. Yeah. Yeah. You said that Moses, you know, wrote, wrote Genesis and that's, that's, you know, the very few reasons to believe that's not the case. That's the traditional view. It's what scripture seems to suggest other places. And so I've, you know, Moses, author of Genesis. Yeah. Great. But there's another author, right? And that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and as it feels bo- like a mic drop moment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, Spirit. and I, I don't say that to be like, oh, and, God, you know, mm-hmm. to be, you know, holier or anything. I say that because I think it's important as we read this to understand that. You know, what Moses was doing in his, you know, unique setting and his time and his place and his culture and the specific people he was thinking about when he was recording these words, that's not necessarily the total audience that the Holy Spirit had in mind, right? This this becomes, this book of Genesis becomes the foundation for everything else in the Bible. And so as we think about the story of redemption, this is a place we can constantly go back to. And we do. Yeah, we do. We come Um, back to Genesis Almost every reading right. plan. And because and it, it's informing, you know, later biblical writers. And mm-hmm. uh, what I love and the thing that always kind of is my nerdy Bible geek thing is seeing little Easter eggs of things that like in the original um, in the original book, so in this case, Genesis, that might not, you know, kind of seem, seem like random facts or random pieces of the, the story end up later on in Scripture being a big deal. We're going to get yeah. to those in a, in a few weeks, but like, but look for those, you know, as you're reading at home, you know, you come across something in Genesis that you go, well, that's strange. It may be that in the initial context, you know, it, there, there's a point to it. I don't want to say that like, there's no, there's no reason that it was included for the original audience, but also just keep in mind that, you know, the Holy Spirit is doing more at work here than, than just recording facts. Right. And the fact that, you know, it, the Holy Spirit is ultimately the author of all of Scripture. And and like you said, like there was an original audience, but also there were the three of us and everyone listening to this right now. Like, because God is God, God can have in mind every single audience member yeah. and all the different levels and mm-hmm. all that across time and that you know, it just boggles the mind to think like, okay, so we're telling the story of creation. We're also telling the story of like the origin of mankind. We're telling the story of our need for a savior. We're also including the names. There are so many names in Genesis, yeah. like so many actual historical people named in Genesis. And so Which like, doesn't these feel are, like a mistake. As John says, right. papyrus ain't cheap. Right. And it's, it's there. It's so there it's for a, a history book, yeah. but it's also a theology book. And it's so there's so much going on that for a long time, I read Genesis almost as um, 
I mean, I want to be careful what I say because I don't, like I want to say, I read it almost as like fable. I don't mean that I didn't believe it was true, but to think of the, like the reality of like creation and that God spoke Mm-hmm. the world into existence. Like I have no context for for that mm-hmm. and like what that is like. And that God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed actual life into him. What? Like it's it's like so much when you it's get to so the New epic, Testament, it's hard to right. to grasp as real. And like when you get to the New Testament and you have narrative where it's like, okay, people are going about their lives, some of them are sick and they're mm-hmm. and yes, like there are amazing just incredible things that we can hardly wrap our minds around. They're happening, but Genesis is a whole different level. Yeah, of, I agree. Um, what is actually happening here? Where, like you're saying, it's such a whole different level that it's important to like ground ourselves, to like feel our feet on the ground and go like, this is yeah. real. And to not read, I mean, yes, read through it, but don't like read past it, I guess right. is what yeah. I'm saying, which is my kind of temptation or tendency when I don't understand something, it's like fast forward, yeah. <laughs> like double speed and just like get through it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so to come back and spend time having been a woman in the word of God every day for eight years. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the first time I've read Genesis, but the thing about reading scripture over time is that your knowledge bank grows mm-hmm. and the dot connections increase and your understanding does grow. Now, do we ever get to the point where we're like, oh, I've got this? No. No. So to come back to Genesis through the lens that I now in 2020 have. Mm-hmm. Um, She's working so hard not to say 2020. 2020. I mean, we're going to, we're going to do that all year. Sorry, sorry. I totally interrupted. No, that's good. Barbara (laughs) Walters moment. Um, But yeah, but it's really rewarding and it makes me want to challenge myself and like say, okay, and what better time to challenge yourself than January, you know, and like dig in and like, okay, what do I need to poke at here? It's that thing that we say to each other, just sort of beware reading with familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. And and if that takes reading it in a new translation or reading it out loud or reading, um, sometimes we read in small sections, so this time reading in larger swaths or yeah. vice versa. Do you know, Amanda, I actually looked this up yesterday, it takes the average reader to, in one sitting, read Genesis, you can do it in about three and a half hours. That's really, that's it. That's it. So it, for me, it'd probably chapters. be like four. I'm a slow reader. Well, and I think also like potty breaks. Yeah. <laughs> no, <and laughs> snacks. Yeah. I'm going to need some snacks yeah. and coffee. Uh-huh. And that's at least a, two cups that's of coffee. That's a long sitting. I mean, it's a long sitting. I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah. Well, but if you think like, okay, we're going to read it over five weeks. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I want to to point out that I, one of the things I love about what we do, but it's true. One of the things I love about the She Read Truth model and what our team does is that when we read through a book of the Bible, we don't just read from that book of the Bible. Right. So when you're doing the She Reads Truth reading plan of Genesis, it's going to take a little bit longer than that mm-hmm. allotted period of time because we're also... You're not just reading Genesis. Right. We're going to also pull passages from the rest of Scripture because we believe that those dot connections that I was talking about, that mm-hmm. those make a difference and that that actually helps us to understand God's Word when we see the connections and let Scripture interpret Scripture. And a good example of that, so like day one in our books right now, we read like that first bit of the creation account, and then we follow that with 2 Corinthians 4, 6, which says, For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory for the face of Jesus Christ. And then we follow it with Hebrews eleven three. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, so that what is seen was made from the things that are not visible. See that verse? That's for me. Scripture, <laughs> interpreting Scripture. Yeah. And that's the verse I, I needed right now. By faith, we understand that the universe really was created mm-hmm. by the Word of God. And that the visible was created by the invisible. Right. And that's why we don't just read... I mean, like, we do. We read whole books in one sitting, but we also, like invite scripture to interpret scripture. There's right. no better interpreter of scripture than the Holy Spirit and scripture itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, something you said, Amanda, kind of just um, prompted, you know, I, I was thinking about like when I read Genesis, like, do I read it mm-hmm. differently than other parts of the Bible? And, oh, uh, interesting. You know, yeah. and like, and there's a sense in which I kind of do because yeah. it is, it is a little muddy, right? It's hard to picture in my mind what you know, Genesis 1 would have looked like, you know, happening in, in real time. I believe it did happen. I believe every word is true, but it's hard for me to put myself there. 
And I think like one of the things that's really helpful as you read any passage of scripture is to take stock of what is there, but also what is not there. Like what are the things that, you know, because we're familiar with um, these passages of the Bible, we sort of put on the text, we expect to see, mm-hmm. we have heard it done this way, maybe we've seen it dramatized, whatever. We learned that so much yeah, in Advent. We learned it. Yeah. And, and so just kind of taking stock, like what is actually there in the text, what is not? And then also, this is a problem, I think, for a lot of us, for me, um, uh, you know, I do this all the time, is I tend to read the Bible, at least on, you know, initially, it takes some work to, to avoid this, but I tend to read it the way I would read something else, okay. um, something, you know, more modern. And and that means that I'm expecting the writer to have kind of a 21st century Western mindset. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if if you or I were were there, right, at at the creation of the world, we would be really interested in how does this all work? We wouldn't want to give like a detail. Right. Like mm-hmm. this this is how it happened. This I'm gonna exactly need some more happened. science. Right. I, I wanna know like I wanna answer some of these debates we've been having, you know, mm-hmm. in our culture for the last, you know, couple hundred years about, you know, the origin of, of species and all these things. And that's not really what, that's not what Genesis is doing. Right? Yeah. God isn't, God didn't give us Genesis one and two to answer those questions. Right. Because what's there is intentional, right. but what's not there also intentional. Which is right? sort of like the opposite. When we say papyrus ain't cheap and like if it's in scripture, it really matters that it's there. It's not saying, well, if it's not in scripture, it's because it was just like papyrus was too expensive. <laughs> like right. Right. what we're saying is that like scripture is written, inspired by the Holy Spirit and it's on purpose. And yeah. so pay attention to what scripture says and then pay attention to what scripture doesn't say and, and sort of ask why not. Yeah. Scripture answers a lot of questions. But they're the questions that Scripture is prompting us to ask. Yeah. Um, they're, they're very rarely the questions that we just come to the text with. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes there's a question we have, and we go to the Bible, and it gives us an answer. If we're, you know, we're reading it in context and all that, all the good things you're supposed to do when right. you come to the Bible. But a lot of times, like, if you go to, the, if you go to Genesis 1 looking for an answer on certain biological questions, right? Certain questions that biologists ask, uh-huh. you're probably going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. We just don't get those details because what Genesis is doing is telling us, it's almost like guttural. It's like, what is the essence of this thing? Right? Yeah. And what we learn about the essence of our world is that it's good. Mm-hmm. It was made intentionally by God, by his word. Right. Right. And that is powerful. And that's that that right there is enough to unpack over a lifetime. Yes. But it doesn't tell us everything we might like to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay because the Bible is telling us what we need to know. Hey friends, happy new year. It's Hannah here from She Reads Truth. I don't know about you, but I love all things New Year. It serves as a welcome chance to start fresh, dig deep, and step into healthy rhythms. One rhythm we are committed to here at She Reads Truth is being women and men in the Word of God every day. As you prayerfully step into 2020, would you consider joining us as we journey through Scripture day after day? You can do this by reading along in your app, in your inbox, or by signing up for a She Reads Truth subscription box. For all the details and to save 15% off your first month's subscription, head on over to shopshereadstruth.com box and enter the code BOX15. That's B-O-X-1-5. Okay, so I want to get back to what we were talking about earlier with like resolutions and we want to be better, you know, and like who defines this better? Is it the world? Is it, I mean, and as she reads truth, we believe that God and God's word defines what we are to aspire to, right? And that is, well, Jesus Mm -hmm. and Jesus was sinless. Mm -hmm. So what are we to believe about sin? If Genesis three is the introduction of sin, this is something that we can't read right past. And like, it's interesting to say that, Amanda, because Genesis three is the introduction of sin, but it almost makes an appearance in every other chapter of the Bible. I mean, it, or like the effects of sin or right. the, the direction towards sin. Like, well, or, it is the stage, Or right? the a, attempt at solving sin, whether it be for, you know, sacrifice or those, like from Genesis 3 on, sin is the conflict. It is the, the theme that we see through all of scripture. It is a theme, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so if Genesis is setting the stage for the rest of scripture, sin arrives on the scene very early yeah, and then doesn't 
it doesn't leave. And then even like you just <laughs> jump straight to Genesis 4 and it says, sin is crouching at the door, its desire is for you. Yeah, it's personified, right? It becomes like alive. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's powerful there, I think, because not only is it personified, but what does God tell Cain? He says, you must master over it, right? And yeah. it, it sort of, in this one scene creates the the problem that every one of us is going to have, right? Mm-hmm. Sin is crouching at our doors and we are told to master and to master it, to rule over it. Yeah. I, I think my struggle is that oftentimes I, speaking for myself and then just, you know, fellow believers, like I feel like we try to have a more casual relationship with sin than I believe the Bible teaches. Yeah. And so that, the, the sin crouching at the door, it's desirous for you. Like that is... That's not that's not that's worded not really. in a way that you can ignore that. Yeah. So at the She Reads Truth podcast, there are a number of topics that we will cover in our time with you. But the way we like to start talking about any topic, if we can, is to ask, what does Scripture say about it? And then if we can, to see what does the church say about it? Um, and then to say, how do we feel about it? And so Amanda or John, I know that we've kind of prepped a little bit for... What does Scripture say about sin? We, of course, um, see it in Genesis 3, again, immediately in Genesis 4. What else? I mean, the thing that comes to mind when I think of like this sort of survey of sin, that we like a quick survey of what Scripture says about sin, is that it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Like this is not yeah. just like a quick definition of sins, anything that, you know, what, how does Westminster, uh, we were talking about the catechism definition oh, or yeah. a catechism definition. The question 14 in the Westminster Shorter Catechism says, what is sin? And I'm reading this, I'm not quoting it out of my memory, which would be great. Uh, but it says, sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. So that's a very fancy way of saying anything that is against God's law. Right. right. And it points us to, so like the proof text for that would be like 1 John 3, 4, which says sin is lawlessness. Of course, it would take us to Romans three twenty three, which for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then it also takes us to James four seventeen, which says that sin is also to know what is good and not do it. Right. So that's sort okay. of like sin of commission. And then that would be sin of omission. Yeah. So and that's, then- that's what the church says. Based on what Scripture says, that's how church the church's definition of sin. Right. And then you have in 1 John 1 where you know, Scripture says, if we say that we have no sin, then we're liars. Yeah. We deceive <laughs> so ourselves. There's no truth in well, us. Well, not we're liars. It says we deceive ourselves and we're calling him a liar. Yes. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and read that for us. So 1 John 1, 8 through 10, if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Do you believe this is true? I do. I do. I do too. Do I... Do I live like this is true? I mean, no, not always. But that's a good question to ask. Yeah. 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 Thinking about, you know, what, what John says here, and then, you know, Rachel, you just read the, the Westminster definition of sin. Mm-hmm. I think about what we read in Genesis, right? Because, you you know, Westminster, the Westminster definition talks about the commands of God, and, and there's, there's definitely a command that Adam and Eve broke. They were not to eat of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. But I think about... Everything else we read in Genesis, every other command is a positive command, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and so it's not simply that Adam and Eve were given a list of do not do these things. There's really one, yeah. one, one negative command, one do not. Everything else is designed, everything else God says to Adam and Eve uh, in the form of a command is designed to help them live the way they were designed, Right, so if we think about sin in terms of sin, and this is, I think this is kind of what some of these other scriptures are getting at, right? The, you know, all sin is lawlessness, um, all unrighteousness is sin. That's First John five. I mean, you talked about James four to know the good and yet not do it. Romans fourteen says everything that is not from faith is sin. Right. So the, which feels I, like a very wide. Yeah, the, we're getting this really wide kind of like wow. It's, so it's so it's not just that I have this specific list of commands. It's anything not from faith. It's anything that's unrighteous. It's and the I, lack of conformity right. to God and His law. Right, and I think that's what it is. It, the, the the law, what it did, and I, uh, this is going to sound a little cheekier than I mean it to, but the law is kind of. It's like cliff notes for stupid people, right? It's like we were <laughs> okay. so stubborn, we were so stubborn and rebellious that God had to say, like, "Hey, if you want to know my heart, 
let, let me give you let me give you a cheat sheet. Don't kill other people. Right. Don't steal from them. You know, don't don't commit. Well, a, when you put it that way, right? I mean, this this makes me think of the preschool that my son went to when he was little. They were like, we have two rules. Honor God and be good to one another. That was right. the two rules. And obviously that was not, I mean, we know where that came from, but it wasn't like, don't throw Cheerios, don't paint on the walls. It was just honor God and be good to each other. And that was as simple as they could keep it. And what you're saying, John, is like, it is that simple, but we are a stupid and forgetful people. And we're like, but, but is it okay to do this? Right. Which is why when Jesus gets asked, right, what does he say? He says the, the whole law can be summed up in two commandments. Exactly. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There you go. Right? I mean, that's, that, that's, and that's what the law is. It's designed to help us see the heart of God. And in Genesis, they had it. They were walking with him. They knew him personally. So they could understand his heart and connect with it and follow his example and be the people he was made to be. But when sin came in, it kind of messed that up. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it threw a wrench in everything, and then suddenly we're going like, oh, I don't know, I don't know which way is up, which way is down. And when I, what you just said, um, we were made to walk with God. Like when I was reading these first um, ten chapters of Genesis, that's what struck me was that you know we were created to dwell with God in the garden, but but then sin, yeah, right, mm-hmm. happened, and so we. It's not that like, oh, I'm I'm mad at you. You have to leave now. It's that like, oh, you actually can't be here now. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like we this. talked about in Advent, we had God with us in the garden and then sin. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of sin in the rest of Genesis. There's a lot. There's the first murder. You know, at one point the earth is so wicked, wicked that God's like, this is like an etch sketch. I got to shake it and start over. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not what it says. I'm and also it a was human paraphrase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of sin. And so, but what struck me was there were two times, one with, with Enoch and then Noah, where it said Enoch walked with God, yeah. Noah walked with God. That Are those really, the only two places in Genesis? It's the only two places that, that I caught. Wow. Um, so yeah, I think, I think maybe so. That's worth paying attention to. I mean, other people walked with God, but that specific language. But for it to be called, right, right yeah. for it to be called out that way. But my point is that when I was reading it, that just tugged at my heart. Like that created like a longing in me that that that's what I want. Yeah. So any, you know, these resolutions, these things that we want to do better, this person that the, the best life we want to live, you yeah. know, but what we want is to walk with God. We're just trying to figure out what that looks like, yeah. you know? And, and so when I want to eat well, it's because I want to walk with God. And I think, you know, just pausing on that for a minute, like think about, think about that idea, the, the picture that's being painted with that phrase, walk with God. I mean, in my mind, I think about like, and, and this is, you know, I think about being a little kid and going with my dad somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And like walking with him. And it was a time where like I had his full attention, right? I could share my heart with him. I could ask him questions. Mm-hmm. He would tell me about, you know, silly things like, you know, you know, you know when you're a kid and you make, you ask crazy questions. And, and I do this now as a dad, right? Like I don't know the answer. So I, you know, start coming up with something funny, you know, fun to say to my kids. So like, (laughs) you know, when we drive by a a smokestack, I'll say like, those are the cloud machines. That's where clouds come from. (laughs) Um, you know, and, and silly, but, but it was, and you know, there's a sense in which it's just fun. Right. And like, and it's a time to get to know him and to be known and to have this, there's an intimacy there that doesn't happen when, you're doing other things when you're with other people, when you're going about, you know, everyday life. But if you're, if you're taking a walk and it's just the two mm-hmm. of you, right? It's this, uh, it's almost this magical time that, that that's hard to get back, right? And you can look at it, John, like as you said, like as your son's dad, right. but you also looked at it as the, the son of your father right. and thinking like, what I'm learning right now is I want to, I want to, I want to be like him. And how do I become like him? Like, that's what you, in an ideal, and every parent relationship is faulty, yeah. but except for one, yeah. God the Father. My my son Jonah, he's five, and he's doing um, he's being homeschooled, and he's doing math, and he's learning about you know graphs. And so, Lauren, my wife, was working with him, and and they were charting on a graph everyone's eye color. And unfortunately, my my side of the family is pretty boring. We all have brown eyes, but you know, Lauren's got blue eyes, and. One of our boys has gray eyes, but Jonah was super proud 
that he had brown eyes like dad. He doesn't know it's the most common color there is. And sure. There's not a whole lot special about it, but he just, me and dad have the same color. He was super, and it, it kind of like when I heard him beam with pride over something that, you know, we have yeah. no control over and it's just, I, I was, it, I felt the weight of like, oh, wow. Like mm-hmm. not only does everything I do or say matter to him, mm-hmm. but also just even something as silly as like the color of my eyes, he wants to be the same. He wants to be just like me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's born into us. We want to, we want, we were made to be just like God. And so the idea of walking with him is that time to kind of learn from him and to share our hearts and to be close and connected. Yeah. I am not a dad, <laughs> uh, but I'm a mom and, and it's that parent relationship still. When I, um, the other day I was driving my, how old is he now? 13, driving my 13 year old uh, to homeschool tutorial. And I get so few moments with him, just the two of us these days. And as we were driving, um, I, I just thought like, what can I teach him right now? And you just like, you want to impart things to your kids. And the thing that occurred to me that I could teach him is how to, um, go into a curve um, and then accelerate out of a curve while driving. And so I was like, I want you to feel the different ways. Like, so it was a curvy road and I was like, I want you to feel what it feels like to accelerate into the curve. Do you see how that feels wrong? And I want you to, and so I just taught him what it feels like to come into a curve slow and then accelerate out of it. And it's the silliest thing. It's so simple. But he was walking with me and we were, and I was teaching him something that was going to be useful for him as he grows up. Well, and this is the thing, you know, I think about the law as being sort of our cheat sheet for, um, because we're forgetful. You know, when you're, when you're walking, to walk with God is to know his heart and to know him. And so I want it to be that simple. You know, like I want it to be, and, and I think maybe it is, maybe it is more simple than we make it because we are sinners and we are forgetful. But if my resolution is to walk with God in 2020, yeah, then what does that look like? And so for me, one of the ways that I know, because it has from practice, I know, and from being out of practice, I also know that one of the ways to walk with God is to be in His Word. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing here at the beginning of the year and opening the first book of the Bible is coming back. I mean, the subtitle is Back to the Beginning, but that's literally and figuratively what we're doing yeah. so that we can see, okay, we were created to walk with God in the garden. And then when we fell short... What changed that? Um, right. And we did fall short, and we do fall short, and we are not faithful, but God is faithful. And so the rest of Scripture is God continuing to um, to make a way mm-hmm. for us to walk with Him I and to that. return. Yeah. Um, and so that it really can be... I mean, that really can be my resolution, and I'm not going to do it perfectly, but I do think it can be done. Like, I do think that it is an invitation. Mm-hmm. And I think like what you said right there hits on it, right? Because this is the story of the Bible. Jesus yes. come, Jesus comes to earth and he walks with people, mm-hmm. right? Literally. And literally. I mean, that's, that's what you're doing. You're a rabbi. You walk around, you have disciples with you, you're walking. Mm-hmm. And he was sharing his heart. And the Bible says that he is the exact representation of the father, right? And he was showing, he was revealing the father's heart, the father's love for, for us, for humanity, as he walked. And then what happens after that, right? He ascends to heaven and he sends the Holy Spirit to be, to dwell inside Mm -hmm. believers so that we can walk with God wherever we go. Right. And we can, we can do that because he is God with us through his spirit. We also do that by walking with other believers, you know, like Rachel, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Mm -hmm. you know, he's in you living in you. And so when I walk with you, I'm walking with God, not that I'm following you, you right. know, but it's just there's a presence there that pervades what we think of as like physical presence. Right. But there are physical elements so that it doesn't have to be so mysterious right. yeah. that it's not doable, you know, that we like, oh, I can't. Yeah. Sure, that sounds great. But how do I do it? I do it by reading his word. I do it in prayer. Mm-hmm. I do that by being in fellowship with other believers. I want to bring what you just said, kind of struck something, a very Genesis chord with me. And I want to yeah, kind of go, go back, go back to the beginning. I talk meant about to this. do that. What so, was it? <laughs> no, we, when we're walking with other believers and we're doing life together as the church, as a community of faith, the Bible says that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, not just individually, you, me, but when we're together, we are. And the garden yeah. is a temple, right? And so... Because God dwells there. Because God dwells there. And so... 
when we do, when we live in community, when we do uh, life together as the church, we are kind of practicing Eden, right? We are, and we are, and there should be a difference, right? The, the, the space we occupy, the physical space, I believe is sacred, the way it was in Eden, right? Because God is taking taking new ground, right? Mm-hmm. He never, we talked about this during Advent, he never rescinded that original command to be fruitful and multiply, mm-hmm. to, to fill the earth, to subdue it, to make the rest of the world more like Eden. And that's that's yeah. what we're doing. That's part of what we're doing when we come together. Man, there, ought to, there ought to be a difference, right? There mm-hmm. ought to be a difference in, in this room mm-hmm. than in another room, right? And isn't that what we want when we come to the, you know, the start of a new calendar and we we feel this longing for things to be different. I mean, I think that's what we want. We want it to be like Eden. This makes me officially way less afraid about New Year. Like, really, I needed this. I needed this. Chat. I needed this chat because you know it is a new year, and I do hesitate to make resolutions or to speak of them. But when we when we talk about if our resolution is to go back to the beginning, is to walk with God. And if we as believers live unto God and not unto man, then that is such an intimate resolution that I can make with my maker who, with whom like grace has no bounds and, yeah. and, to, and to walk forward into 2020, just desiring to walk with the Lord. And that's how he makes all, like, that's how he makes me new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what if instead of being pre-disappointed in ourselves for the ways that we know we're going to fail, what if we decide to be pre-thankful and Mm pre-hopeful for the way that he will show us grace? Yeah. And as my husband likes to say, God is not bound by linear time, so he has already shown, you know, like, but it's true. Like he's, we know the reason that, that. I'll speak for myself. I was going to say we, but the reason that I get nervous at new mm-hmm. beginnings is that I know myself and I know that I will fall short. Mm-hmm. And, so, and this is not like, oh, I'm being too hard on myself. No, no. I mean, it's just like I've lived with myself for a while now <laughs> and I know that I have really great intentions and I don't always have a lot of follow through. Mm-hmm. But do you know who does have follow through? Amen. And the Lord is is faithful. And so we don't have to be afraid to step into a new beginning. Mm-hmm. We can do so with hope because we know who we're dealing with. Yeah. We have a record right here. These 66 books, you know, yeah. we're reading She's book waving one. Her Bible, I'm folks. waving my Bible in the air. <laughs> we have a record of his faithfulness. Yeah. And so we don't have to be afraid. Yeah. You know, I, John, I'm like you. I It sounds like an unabashed plug, but like the reality is I just believe in what we do this much. And I, and I want you guys to hear, and we won't say this every episode, I promise. But what I want you to hear is that this is why we do what we do. This is why She Reads Truth exists, so that men and women can walk with God. And you can hear Amanda and John and I, we are still learning eight years in and beyond because we were we were doing this before She Reads Truth started. But what we do, if you read with us this year in 2020, you're not going to read through the whole Bible. You're going to read a lot of the Bible. But what I can tell you is that you will be a woman or a man in the Word of God every day, and you'll mess up. There are grace days. We build in one grace day per week. So if you missed a week a day, no big deal. Keep going. Pick up wherever we are right now. You don't even have to make up time. And like I said, there is nowhere that you will find the grace like you will find it in God Himself. And so come and join us. Come read with us. Read Genesis with us. You're on like, it's a perfect fresh start because it is day one of reading the book of Genesis right now. I'm so excited. It feels like when you are starting, I understand that the Bible is better than Netflix, but it feels like the start of like, you're starting a new series that you're really pumped about. (laughs) Tweet that someone. No, please don't. Um, But this is, this is the start of a really long and good and true story. Yeah. And what we are going to do for the next 364 days is, is it a, I don't it's know. A, it's a leap year. So it's 366. It's a leap year? Yeah. What? What? Um, is we're going that to continue. That was a weird response. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Just so I don't excited. Know to, I don't, like, I'm medium excited. Like, great. I don't, I don't super I, care. It's fine. But you people who have birthdays yeah, on the 29th. This is a big Happy deal if it's a birthday. Yeah. Yeah. But, we are going to spend the rest of this year reading installments of this one greatest story. It's true. And so it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting I mean, read with us. Read yeah. with us and you won't be alone. The whole community of hundreds of thousands of people are reading with us today. So join us and then come back and listen to episode ne- whatever number it is next. Episode next. Episode next. And we're going to talk about week two of Genesis. We're going to talk about the Tower of Babel, maybe. 
Will we talk about the Torah? I, mean, I feel like I'm going to need us to a little bit. Yeah. And then we'll talk about um, the Abrahamic covenant, obviously. Um, because obviously. That feels obviously, obviously. As one does. And then I think we might even get a little bit to like sort of that Sodom and Gomorrah situation. Okay. Bless it. I just took like a big sigh. Big sigh. Sodom and Gomorrah. Here sigh. we are. Yeah. But um, but that's what we'll talk about next week. And, and we are just here to kind of supplement what you're reading in scripture every day and to have conversations probably similar to what you're having. Okay, gang. We could do this. Week one. I'm feeling good. Yeah. And I don't believe in you, but I believe in the Lord and I believe in, hey! him, in you, Christ in you. Uh, this is going to be a great week. It's going to be a great year, you guys. We're so pumped. We're so grateful for you. One thing that we like to do at the end of every episode is ask, where are you seeing beauty, goodness, and or truth somewhere in your life right now? Amanda or John, do you guys have something right now that you're thinking of? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You go first. Oh, they okay. have stuff, guys. I, I have Age one. Age before this beauty. Is gonna, this is going to be real tender. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so, I'm ready. Uh, so my youngest, he is he is one. His name is Luke. Which He's real cute. Incidentally, my first the first book I worked on at She Reads Truth was the book of Luke. True and, story. And he was just born, and it was great. Really fitting. Um, Magic. But anyway, Luke, uh, is, is he's been saying words for a while, but he just started like really saying dad dad and like when he looks mm. at me or when i when i call home and he knows i'm on the phone and so that's like been real sweet he, oh my he, goodness he will look at me with those big gray eyes and say dad 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 that's and all three yeah Beauty, goodness so, truth i mean yeah. so good oh, oh, i love that that's really good well mine's not that tender mine's just twinkle lights I just Christmas Listen. and twinkle lights, and I refuse to get rid of them. Yeah. So there are still twinkle lights in my home, and you can't make me take them away. That's right. <laughs> There's just something about them. You know I what? Know. I think that can be year-round. Well, it feels like it's unofficially And legal. we don't leave the tree up year-round. No, 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 no. We're not talking. Don't get, don't get crazy. Don't get crazy. We're not talking about a tree. We're talking about just, I feel like it's legal to have them on your porch year-round. Sure. But I need them in my house. Maybe at least your well, back porch. A little bit longer. Here's my thing with twinkle lights, right? I mean, when you take them down, it's sort of like the curse in Narnia, where it's mm. always winter and never Christmas. It feels sad. Yeah. yeah. So, like, keep the magic going. I, I support I agree. that. Thank you. Well, and then I'm like the opposite because I would say my goodness right now is stripping my home of all Christmas decorations. How dare you? Y'all, it feels like a fresh start. Like, all the Christmas, it's... I'm a minimalist, and I like to get rid of as many things as possible. Do, not, so, do not come to our house, though. That is my goodness. I was about to say the opposite. Please come to our house and, and help. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I bet half of our listeners at least love the Christmas tree takedown. And then the other half, for sure, will have their trees up, like my mom, until Valentine's Day. One time in college, we had a tree, and we just decided to keep it up and decorate it for every holiday. Sure. And so we just went on with like Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Easter. I think we took it down after that. This is why we were never mm -hmm. roommates. Well, I was about to say, like, I really feel like this conversation is a testimony of our friendship because <laughs> we're very different in yeah. many ways. I want to ask, that wasn't, yet, a, that wasn't a live tree though, right? Because that would have gotten real no, sad. Real that's sad. that's a real really quick. good clarification. Okay. It was for sure fake. All right. Don't try this at home, folks. All right, gang, come back next week. Be sure to subscribe. Tell a friend to come and listen. Start Genesis with us today. It is a fresh start for you. And until we talk to you guys again next week, Amanda, what do we say? Keep opening your Bibles. That's right. See you guys soon. Bye. Bye.